Act Four of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A recording by Tony Addison. Act Four, Scene One. Without the Florentine Camp. Enter Second French Lord with five or six other soldiers in ambush. Second Lord. He can come no other way but by this hedge corner. When you sally upon him, speak what terrible language you will, though you understand it not yourselves, no matter, for we must not seem to understand him, unless someone among us whom we must produce for an interpreter. First soldier. Good captain, let me be the interpreter. Second lord. Art not acquainted with him? Knows he not thy voice? First soldier. No, sir, I warrant you. Second lord. But what, linsey-woolsey, hast thou to speak to us again? First soldier. E'en such as you speak to me. Second Lord. He must think us some band of strangers in the adversary's entertainment. Now he hath a smack of all neighbouring languages. Therefore we must every one be a man of his own fancy, not to know what we speak one to another, so we seem to know, is to know straight our purpose. Chops language. Gabble enough and good enough. As for you, interpreter, you must seem very politic. But couch! Ho! Oh, here he comes. To beguile two hours in a sleep, and then to return and swear the lies he forges. Enter Parolles. Parolles. Ten o'clock. Within these three hours twill be time enough to go home. Oh, what shall I say I have done? It must be a very plausible of invention that carries it. They begin to smoke me, and disgraces have of late knocked too often at my door. I find my tongue is too foolhardy, but my heart hath the fear of Mars before it, and of his creatures, not daring the reports of my tongue. Second Lord, this is the first truth that e'er thine own tongue was guilty of. Parolles, what the devil should move me to undertake the recovery of this drum, being not ignorant of the impossibility, and knowing I had no such purpose? I must give myself some hurts, and say I got them in exploit. Yet slight ones will not carry it. They will say, came you off with so little, and great ones I dare not give. Wherefore, what's the instance? Tongue, I must put you into a butter-woman's mouth, and buy myself another of Bajazet's mule, if you prattle me into these perils. Second Lord, is it possible he should know what he is, and be that he is? Parolles, I would the cutting of my garments would serve the turn, or the breaking of my Spanish sword. Second Lord, 
we cannot afford you so. Parolles, or the bearing of my beard, and to say it was in stratagem. Second Lord, twould not do. Parolles, or to drown my clothes, and say I was struck. Second Lord, hardly serve. Parolles, though I swore I leapt from the window of the citadel. Second Lord, how deep. Parolles, thirty fathom. Second Lord, three great oaths would scarce make that believed. Parolles, I would I had any drum of the enemies, I would swear I recovered it. Second Lord, you shall hear one anon, alarum within. Parolles, a drum now of the enemies. Second Lord, throca, movusas, cargo, 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 all cargo, 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 villianta por corba, cargo. Parolles, oh, ransom. Ransom, do not hide mine eyes. They blindfold him. First soldier, Boscos, Thromuldo, Boscos. Parolles, I know you are the Muscos regiment, and I shall lose my life for want of language. If there be here German or Dane, low Dutch, Italian or French, let him speak to me. I'll discover that which shall undo the Florentine. First soldier. Boscos vovado. I understand thee, and can speak thy tongue. Carly bonto, sir, betake thee to thy faith, for seventeen poniards are at thy bosom. Parolles. Oh! First soldier. Oh, pray, 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 mancarviana dulce, second lord, oscarbidulcos, volivarco, first soldier, the general is content to spare thee yet, and hoodwinked as thou art, will lead thee on to gather from thee, Haply thou mayest inform something to save thy life. Parolles, oh, let me live, and all the secrets of our camp I'll show, their force, their purposes, nay, I'll speak that which you will wonder at. First soldier, but wilt thou faithfully? Parolles, if I do not damn me. First soldier, accordo linta, come on. Thou art granted space. Exit. Parolles guarded. A short alarum within. Second Lord. Go, tell the Count Roussillon and my brother we have caught the woodcock and will keep him muffled till we do hear from them. Second Soldier. Captain, I will. Second Lord. Ah, oh, we'll betray us all unto ourselves. Inform on that. Second soldier. So I will, sir. Second lord. Till then, I'll keep him dark and safely locked. Exeunt.
Scene two. Florence, the widow's house. Enter Bertram and Diana. Bertram. They told me that your name was Fontibel. Diana. No, my good lord, Diana. Bertram. Titled goddess, and worth it with addition. But fair soul, in your fine frame, hath love no quality? If the quick fire of youth light not your mind, you are no maiden but a monument. When you are dead, you should be such a one as you are now, for you are cold and stern, and now you should be as your mother was when your sweet self was got. Diana, she then was honest. Bertram, so should you be. Diana, no, my mother did but duty, such, my lord, as you owe to your wife. Bertram, no more of that. I prithee do not strive against my vows. I was compelled to her, but I love thee by love's own sweet constraint, and will for ever do thee all rights of service. Diana, I, so you serve us till we serve you. But when you have our roses, you barely leave our thorns to prick ourselves, and mock us with our bareness. Bertram, how have I sworn? Diana, tis not the many oaths that makes the truth, but the plain single vow that is vowed true. What is not holy, that we swear not by, but take the highest to witness. Then pray you tell me, if I should swear by Jove's great attributes I loved you dearly, would you believe my oaths when I did love you ill? This has no holding, to swear by him whom I protest to love, that I will work against him. Therefore your oaths are words and poor conditions, but unsealed, at least in my opinion. Bertram, change it, change it, be not so holy cruel, love is holy, and my integrity ne'er knew the crafts that you do charge men with. Stand no more off, but give thyself unto my sick desires, who then recovers. Say thou art mine, and ever my love as it begins shall so persever. Diana, I see that men make ropes in such a scar that we'll forsake ourselves. Give me that ring. Bertram, I'll lend it thee, my dear, but have no power to give it from me. Diana, will you not, my lord? Bertram, it is an honour longing to our house, bequeathed down from many ancestors, which were the greatest obloquy in the world in me to lose. Diana, mine honour's such a ring. My chastity's the jewel of our house, bequeathed down from many ancestors, which were the greatest obloquy in the world in me to lose. Thus your own proper wisdom brings in the champion honour on my part against your vain assault. Bertram, here, take my ring, my house, mine honour, yea, my life, be thine, 
and I'll be bid by thee. Diana, when midnight comes, knock at my chamber window. I'll order take my mother shall not hear. Now will I charge you in the band of truth, when you have conquered my yet maiden bed, remain there but an hour, nor speak to me. My reasons are most strong, and you shall know them when back again this ring shall be delivered. And on your finger in the night I'll put another ring, that what in time proceeds may token to the future our past deeds. Adieu till then, then fail not, you have won a wife of me, though there my hope be done. Bertram, a heaven on earth I have won by wooing thee. Exit. Diana, for which live long to thank both heaven and me. You may so in the end. My mother told me just how he would woo, as if she sat in his heart. She says all men have the like oaths. He had sworn to marry me when his wife's dead. Therefore I'll lie with him when I am buried. Since Frenchmen are so braid, marry that will. I live and die a maid. Only in this disguise I think it no sin to cousin him that would unjustly win. Exit. Scene three, the Florentine camp. Enter the two French lords and two or three soldiers. Second Lord. You have not given him his mother's letter. First Lord. I have delivered it an hour since. There is something in it that stings his nature, for on the reading it he changed almost into another man. Second Lord, he has much worthy blame laid upon him for shaking off so good a wife and so sweet a lady. First Lord, especially he hath incurred the everlasting displeasure of the king, who had even tuned his bounty to sing happiness to him. I will tell you a thing, but you shall let it dwell darkly with you. Second Lord, when you have spoken it, tis dead and I am the grave of it. First Lord, he hath perverted a young gentlewoman here in Florence of a most chaste renown, and this night he fleshes his will in the spoil of her honour. He hath given her his monumental ring, and thinks himself made in the unchaste composition. Second Lord, now God delay our rebellion, as we are ourselves, what things are we? First Lord, merely our own traitors, and as in the common course of all treasons, we still see them reveal themselves till they attain to their abhorred ends. So he that in this action contrives against his own nobility in his proper stream o'erflows himself. Second Lord, is it not meant damnable in us to be trumpeters of our unlawful intents? We shall not then have his company to-night? First Lord, not till after midnight, for he is dieted to his hour. 
second lord that approaches apace i would gladly have him see his company anatomized that he might take a measure of his own judgments wherein so curiously he had set this counterfeit first lord we will not meddle with him till he come for his presence must be the whip of the other second lord in the meantime what hear you of these wars first lord i hear there is an overture of peace second lord nay i assure you a peace concluded first lord what will count roussillon do then will he travel higher or return again into france second lord i perceive by this demand you are not altogether of his counsel first lord let it be forbid sir so should i be a great deal of his act second lord sir his wife some two months since fled from his house her pretence is a pilgrimage to st jacques le grand which holy undertaking with most austere sanctimony she accomplished and there residing the tenderness of her nature became as a prey to her grief in fine made a groan of her last breath and now she sings in heaven first lord how is this justified second lord the stronger part of it by her own letters which makes her story true even to the point of her death her death itself which could not be her office to say is come was faithfully confirmed by the rector of the place first lord hath the count all this intelligence second lord i and the particular confirmations point from point to the full arming of the verity first lord i am heartily sorry that he'll be glad of this second lord how mightily sometimes we make us comforts of our losses first lord and how mightily some other times we drown our gain in tears the great dignity that his valour hath here acquired for him shall at home be encountered with a shame as ample second lord the web of our life is of a mingled yarn good and ill together our virtues would be proud if our faults whipped them not and our crimes would despair if they were not cherished by our virtues enter a messenger how now where's your master servant he met the duke in the street sir of whom he hath taken a solemn leave his lordship will next morning for france the duke hath offered him letters of commendations to the king second lord they shall be no more than needful there if they were more than they can commend first lord they cannot be too sweet for the king's tartness here's his lordship now enter bertram how now my lord is't not after midnight bertram i have to-night dispatched sixteen businesses a month's length apiece by an abstract of success i have congeed with the duke done my adieu with his nearest 
buried a wife, mourned for her, writ to my lady mother I am returning, entertained my convoy, and between these main parcels of dispatch effected many nicer needs. The last was the greatest, but that I have not ended yet. Second Lord, if the business be of any difficulty, and this morning your departure hence, it requires haste of your lordship. Bertram, I mean, the business is not ended, as fearing to hear of it hereafter. But shall we have this dialogue between the fool and the soldier? Come, bring forth this counterfeit module, has deceived me like a double-meaning prophesier. Second Lord, bring him forth. Exeunt soldiers, has sat in the stocks all night, poor gallant knave. Bertram, no matter, his heels have deserved it in usurping his spurs so long. How does he carry himself? Second Lord, I have told your lordship already the stocks carry him, but to answer you as you would be understood. He weeps like a wench that had shed her milk. He hath confessed himself to Morgan, whom he supposes to be a friar, from the time of his remembrance to this very instant disaster of his setting in the stocks. And what, think you, he hath confessed? Bertram. Nothing of me, has a? Second Lord. His confession is taken, and it shall be read to his face. If your lordship be in it, as I believe you are, you must have the patience to hear it. Enter Parolles guarded, and first soldier as interpreter. Bertram. A plague upon him muffled! He can say nothing of me! Second Lord. Hush, hush! Hoodman comes. Poto tatarossa! First soldier. He calls for the tortures. What will you say without him? Parolles. I will confess what I know without constraint. If ye pinch me like a pasty, I can say no more. First soldier. Bosco. Chimurco. Second lord. Boblibindo. Chikurmurco. First soldier, you are a merciful general. A general bids you answer to what I shall ask you out of a note. Parolles, and truly, as I hope to live. First soldier, first demand of him how many horse the duke is strong. What say you to that? Parolles, Five or six thousand, but very weak and unserviceable. The troops are all scattered, and the commanders very poor rogues, upon my reputation and credit, and as I hope to live. First soldier. Shall I set down your answer so? Parolles. Do. I'll take the sacrament on it, how and which way you will. Bertram. All's one to him. What a past-saving slave is this! Second Lord. You are deceived, my lord. 
This is Monsieur Parolles, the gallant militarist, that was his own phrase, that had the whole theoric of war in the knot of his scarf, and the practice in the chape of his dagger. First Lord, I will never trust a man again for keeping his sword clean, nor believe he can have everything in him by wearing his apparel neatly. First Soldier, well, that's set down. Parolles, five or six thousand horse, I said, I will say true, or thereabouts, set down, for I'll speak truth. Second Lord, he's very near the truth in this. Bertram, but I con him no thanks for it, in the nature he delivers it. Parolles, poor rogues, I pray you say. First Soldier, well, that's set down. Parolles, I humbly thank you, sir. A truth's a truth. The rogues are marvellous poor. First soldier. Demand of him of what strength they are afoot. What say you to that? Parolles, by my troth, sir, if I were to live this present hour, I will tell true. Let me see. A spurio, a hundred and fifty. A Sebastian, so many. A Carambus, so many. Jequois, so many. Giltian, Cosmo, Ludowick, and Gratii, two hundred fifty each, mine own company, Chitifer, Vormond, Bentii, two hundred fifty each, so that the must-defile, rotten and sound, upon my life, amounts not to fifteen thousand poll, half of the which dare not shake the snow from off their cassocks, lest they shift themselves to pieces. Bertram, what shall be done to him? Second Lord, nothing, but let him have thanks. Demand of him my condition, and what credit I have with the Duke. First Soldier, well, that's set down. You shall demand of him, whether one Captain Dumaine be i the camp a Frenchman, what his reputation is with the Duke, what his valour, honesty, expertness in wars, or whether he thinks it were not possible, with well-weighing sums of gold, to corrupt him to a revolt. What say you to this? What do you know of it? Parolles, I beseech you, let me answer to the particular of the interrogatories. Demand them singly. First soldier. Do you know this Captain Dumain? Parolles. I know him. I was a botcher's prentice in Paris, from whence he was whipped, for getting the shreves full with child, a dumb innocent that could not say him nay. Bertram. Nay, by your leave, hold your hands though I know his brains are forfeit to the next tile that falls. First soldier. Well, is this captain in the Duke of Florence's camp? Parolles. Upon my knowledge he is, and lousy. Second lord. Nay, look not so upon me. We shall hear of your lordship anon. First soldier. 
What is his reputation with the Duke? Parolles. The Duke knows him for no other but a poor officer of mine, and writ to me this other day to turn him out of the band. I think I have his letter in my pocket. First soldier. Marry, we'll search. Parolles. In good sadness, I do not know. Either it is there, or it is upon a file, with the Duke's other letters in my tent. First soldier. Here tis, here's a paper. Shall I read it to you? Parolles. I do not know if it be it or no. Bertram. Our interpreter does it well. Second Lord. Excellently. First soldier. Reads. Diane, the Count's a fool, and full of gold. Parolles. That is not the Duke's letter, sir. That is an advertisement to a proper maid in Florence, one Diana, to take heed of the allurement of one Count Roussillon, a foolish idle boy, but for all that very ruttish. I pray you, sir, put it up again. First soldier. Nay, I'll read it first, by your favour. Parolles. My meaning in it, I protest, was very honest in the behalf of the maid, for I knew the young Count to be a dangerous and lascivious boy, who is a whale to virginity, and devours up all the fry it finds. Bertram. Damnable both-side rogue! First soldier reads. When he swears oaths, bid him drop gold and take it. After he scores, he never pays the score. Half one is match well made, match and well make it. He never pays after debts, take it before. And say, a soldier, Diane, told thee this. Men are to mell with, boys are not to kiss. For count of this the count's a fool, I know it, who pays before, but not when he does owe it. Thine, as he vowed to thee in thine ear, Parolles. Bertram, he shall be whipped through the army with this rhyme in his forehead. First Lord, this is your devoted friend, sir, the manifold linguist and the omnipotent soldier. Bertram, I could endure anything before but a cat, and now he's a cat to me. First soldier, I perceive, sir, by our general's looks, we shall be fair to hang you. Parolles, my life, sir, in any case, not that I am afraid to die, but that my offences being many, I would repent out the remainder of nature. Let me live, sir, in a dungeon, in the stocks, or anywhere, so I may live. First soldier, we'll see what may be done, so you confess freely. Therefore, once more to this Captain Dumain, you have answered to his reputation with the Duke, and to his valour. What is his honesty? Parolles, he will steal, sir, an egg out of a cloister. For rapes and ravishments he parallels Nessus. He professes not keeping of oaths. In breaking them he is stronger than Hercules. 
He will lie, sir, with such volubility that you would think truth were a fool. Drunkenness is his best virtue, for he will be swine-drunk, and in his sleep he does little harm save to his bedclothes about him, but they know his conditions and lay him in straw. I have but little more to say, sir, of his honesty. He has everything that an honest man should not have. What an honest man should have, he has nothing. Second Lord. I begin to love him for this. Bertram. For this description of thine honesty, a pox upon him. For me, he's more and more a cat. First Soldier. What say you to his expertness in war? Parolles. Faith, sir, has led the drum before the English tragedians. To belie him I will not, and more of his soldiership I know not, except in that country he had the honour to be the officer at a place there called Mile End, to instruct for the doubling of files. I would do the man what honour I can, but of this I am not certain. Second Lord. He hath out-villained villainy so far that the rarity redeems him. Bertram. A pox on him! He's a cat still! First soldier. His qualities being at this poor price, I need not to ask you if gold will corrupt him to revolt. Parolles. Sir, for a cardicue, he will sell the fee simple of his salvation, the inheritance of it, and cut the entail from all remainders, and a perpetual succession for it perpetually. First soldier. What's his brother, the other Captain Dumaine? First lord. Why does he ask him of me? First soldier. What's he? Parolles. In a crow of the same nest. Not altogether so great as the first in goodness, but greater a great deal in evil. He excels his brother for a coward, yet his brother is reputed one of the best that is. In a retreat he outruns any lackey. Marry, in coming on he has the cramp. First soldier, if your life be saved, will you undertake to betray the Florentine? Parolles. I, and the captain of his horse, Count Roussillon. First soldier, I'll whisper with the general, and know his pleasure. Parolles, aside, I'll no more drumming, a plague of all drums, only to seem to deserve well, and to beguile the supposition of that lascivious young boy the count. Have I run into this danger? Yet who would have suspected an ambush where I was taken? First soldier. There is no remedy, sir, but you must die. The general says you, that have so traitorously discovered the secrets of your army, and made such pestiparous reports of men, very nobly held, can serve the world for no honest use. Therefore you must die. Come, headsman. Up with his head. Parolles. O oh Lord, sir, let me live, or let me see my death. First soldier. That shall you, and take your leave of all your friends. Unmuffling him. So look about you. Know you any here? 
Bertram, good morrow, noble captain. First Lord, God bless you, Captain Parolles. Second Lord, God save you, noble captain. First Lord, a captain, what greeting will you to my Lord Lafer? I am for France. Second Lord, good captain, will you give me a copy of the sonnet you writ to Diana in behalf of the Count Roussillon? And I were not a very coward, I'd compel it of you, but fare you well. Exeunt Bertram and Lords First Soldier You are undone, Captain, all but your scarf, that has a knot on it yet. Parolles, who cannot be crushed with a plot? First Soldier, if you could find out a country where but women were that had received so much shame, you might begin an impudent nation. Fare ye well, sir, I am for France too. We shall speak of you there. Exit with soldiers. Parolles, yet am I thankful. If my heart were great, twould burst at this. Captain, I'll be no more, but I will eat and drink and sleep as soft as Captain shall. Simply the thing I am shall make me live. Who knows himself a braggart, let him fear this, for it will come to pass that every braggart shall be found an ass. Rust sword, cool blushes, and parolles live safest in shame. Being fooled by foolery thrive. There's place and means for every man alive. I'll after them. Exit. Scene four. The widow's house. Enter Helena, widow, and Diana. Helena. That you may well perceive I have not wronged you. One of the greatest in the Christian world shall be my surety, for whose throne tis needful, ere I can perfect mine intents to kneel. Time was I did him a desired office, dear almost as his life, which gratitude through flinty Tartar's bosom would peep forth and answer thanks. I duly am informed his grace is at Marseilles, to which place we have convenient convoy. You must know I am supposed dead. The army breaking, my husband hies him home, where heaven aiding, and by the leave of my good lord the king, we'll be before our welcome. Widow. Gentle madam, you never had a servant to whose trust your business was more welcome. Helena. Nor you, mistress, ever a friend whose thoughts more truly labour to recompense your love. Doubt not, but heaven hath brought me up to be your daughter's dower, as it hath fated her to be my motive and helper to a husband. But, O oh, strange man, 
that can such sweet use make of what they hate, when saucy trusting of the cousined thoughts defiles the pitchy night. So lust doth play with what it loathes, for that which is away. But more of this hereafter. You, Diana, under my poor instructions, yet must suffer something in my behalf. Diana, let death and honesty go with your impositions. I am yours upon your will to suffer. Helena, yet I pray you, but with the word the time will bring on summer, when briars shall have leaves as well as thorns, and be as sweet as sharp. We must away. Our wagon is prepared, and time revives us. All's well that ends well. Still the fine's the crown. Whate'er the course, the end is the renown. Exeunt. Scene five. Roussillon. The Count's Palace. Enter Countess, Laffer, and Clown. Laffer. No, 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 thy son was misled with a snipped taffeta fellow there, whose villainous saffron would have made all the unbaked and doughy youth of a nation in his colour. Your daughter-in-law had been alive at this hour, and your son here at home, more advanced by the king than by that red-tailed humble bee I speak of. Countess, I would I had not known him. It was the death of the most virtuous gentlewoman that ever nature had praise for creating. If she had partaken of my flesh, and cost me the dearest groans of a mother, I could not have owed her a more rooted love. Laffer, "'Twas a good lady, twas a good lady. We may pick a thousand salads, ere we light on such another herb. Clown. Indeed, sir, she was the sweet marjoram of the salad, or rather the herb of grace. Laffer, they are not salad herbs, you knave. They are nose herbs. Clown. I am no great Nebuchadnezzar, sir. I have not much skill in grass. Laffer. Whether dost thou profess thyself, a knave or a fool? Clown. A fool, sir, at a woman's service, and a knave at a man's. Laffer. Your distinction? Clown. I would cousin the man of his wife, and do his service. Laffer. So you were a knave at his service indeed. Clam. And I would give his wife my bauble, sir, to do her service. Laffer. I will subscribe for thee. Thou art both knave and fool. Clam. At your service. Laffer. No, no, no. Clam. Why, sir, if I cannot serve you, I can serve as great a prince as you are. Laffer. Who's that? A Frenchman? 
clown. Faith, sir, has an English name, but his physnomy is more hotter in France than there. Laffer, what prince is that? Clown, the black prince, sir, alias the prince of darkness. Alias the devil. Laffer, hold thee, there's my purse. I give thee not this to suggest thee from thy master thou talk'st of. Serve him still. Clown, I am a woodland fellow, sir, that always loved a great fire, and the master I speak of ever keeps a good fire. But sure, he is the prince of the world. Let his nobility remain in court. I am for the house with the narrow gate, which I take to be too little for pomp to enter. Some that humble themselves may, but the many will be too chill and tender, and they'll be for the flowery way that leads to the broad gate and the great fire. Laffer, go thy ways, I begin to be aweary of thee, and I tell thee so before, because I would not fall out with thee. Go thy ways, let my horses be well looked to, without any tricks. Clown, if I put any tricks upon em, sir, they shall be jade's tricks, which are their own right by the law of nature. Exit. Laffer. A shrewd knave, and an unhappy. Countess, so I is. My lord that's gone made himself much sport out of him. By his authority he remains here, which he thinks is a patent for his sauciness, and indeed he has no pace but runs where he will. Laffer, I like him well, tis not amiss. And I was about to tell you, since I heard of the good lady's death, and that my lord your son was upon his return home, I moved the king, my master, to speak in the behalf of my daughter, which in the minority of them both, his majesty, out of a self-gracious remembrance, did first propose. His highness hath promised me to do it, and to stop up the displeasure he hath conceived against your son, there is no fitter matter. How does your ladyship like it? Countess, with very much content, my lord, and I wish it happily effected. Laffer, his highness comes post from Marseilles, of as able body as when he numbered thirty. I will be here to-morrow, or I am deceived by him that in such intelligence hath seldom failed. Countess, it rejoices me that I hope I shall see him ere I die. I have letters that my son will be here to-night. I shall beseech your lordship to remain with me till they meet together. Laffer, madam, I was thinking with what manners I might safely be admitted. Countess, you need but plead your honourable privilege. Laffer, lady, of that I have made a bold charter, but I thank my God it holds yet. 
re-enter clown clown oh madam yonder's my lord your son with a patch of velvet on space whether there be a scar under it or no the velvet knows oh but tis a goodly patch of velvet his left cheek is a cheek of two pile and a half but his right cheek is worn bare Laffer. A scar nobly got, or a noble scar, is a good livery of honour, so belike is that. Clown, but it is your carbonadoed face. Laffer, let us go see your son, I pray you. I long to talk with the young noble soldier. Clown, faith, there's a dozen of em, with delicate fine hats, and most courteous feathers which bow the head and nod at every man. End of Act 4